0: another episode of the positive sobriety podcast oh man it's a beautiful sunny february day here in, here in florida where i am once again uh, david yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah
1: it's uh it's not bad here uh you're you know i think we're gonna creep up into the 50s today in nashville partly cloudy which for february in nashville isn't terrible so yeah, uh, we're,
0: getting yeah, yeah. we're getting there we're
1: getting there We'll survive winter. Yeah.
0: Now ours is an audio podcast. Listeners can't see us, but we can see each other. I Mm -hmm. see that you are, uh, you're in, uh, you're in your office. I am. I am in beautiful Brentwood. Yep. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, which by the way, topped, uh, I just saw yesterday, topped the list of the safest cities in Tennessee. I don't know if that relates to anything, but you're in a wonderful place, but uh, it's a, Uh, Brentwood's a, it's a wealthy town. It's a safe town. Yeah.
1: What we call the bubble here in uh, Williamson County, you know, just South of Nashville. Yeah.
0: So obviously in a town like that, there, there are no problems and there's no addiction and nobody is,
1: you know, yeah, yeah. we, we all look like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, 21st century beaver cleaver with money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Now, now, of course, now we know that's not the case, right? Uh, you see a broad range of clients. I, do. I imagine that among your clients are are some folks who are fairly well off, and perhaps some folks who are very fairly well known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, now, all of that is bound by the strictest confidentiality. You're never going to disclose who you're seeing or what you're seeing them for,
1: right? Absolutely. Yeah. But
0: but I'm wondering whether if we just consider them as a class, as a group, Mm -hmm. um, would you say that there are those among your clients who have, uh, just by virtue of their station in life or in society, Mm -hmm. have special challenges when it comes to recovery.
1: Oh man. Yeah. You know, and, and nobody wants to hear the problems, you know, of the, yeah, exactly. the the rich and famous necessarily. I mean, yeah, it, but I'll tell you the, um, it's, it's kind of gotten to be a little surreal because the, the nature of where we are in my, in my work and the group I'm with and, and things like that. Um, last week I had, um, out of my seven people that I saw in a day, five mm-hmm. of them would be people that would have a relationship to the public that they could recognize, right. you know? Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah. And and the interesting thing is these folks are coming in, and when you have fairly unlimited resources, um, yeah, right. you've exhausted a lot of things before they get to me you know, sure, right? I mean, sure, it's, right, yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. because sometimes, you know, it doesn't take some of us long to burn through our, our right. options. Um, and right. when you have a lot of options, you know, right, right. Um, to the extent that, you know, um, I don't, I don't fly commercial, you know, is right, an right, example, right, right, right. Um, right, sure. you know, and, and somebody says, I went to so and so for the weekend. You don't, yeah, you know uh it, it it's just because they zipped out there and they zipped back and uh right, right. you know it's um but but with recovery it's it's interesting because the trust levels of folks who have a lot to lose um, oh, publicly, yeah you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. can be really unique um because right. you know you're they're in here they're trusting me with their mm-hmm. stories and with their their issues and and sometimes they're uh you know uh, business partners or record labels or, or right. whatever that have to weigh in on helping this person get better. Other people have financial mm-hmm. interests in this person or whatever. And, and the fact that some of these people feel like a commodity or a brand oh, as opposed to an individual and right, and they right. have to separate what the brand is from who they are and what they mm-hmm. are experiencing. Um, yeah. you know, it just gets to be really, uh, a challenging thing and so um for many people running off to rehab uh you know in the general sense it's not going to be an option you know sure, they're sure, just not sure. going to do it and right, right. um and so we have much
0: to... less much less walk into an open 12 step
1: meeting oh so yeah no way yeah That's out and, of the question yeah can't do it. yeah i've had clients who have had their picture taken at 12 step meetings it, yeah you know? right um, yeah, yeah yeah i yeah, mean yeah. it's just you know, as inappropriate as it is, but, but they've got a unique set of circumstances. And so Mm -hmm. I don't think any of them would want us to, you know, say, well, you know, they're whining about it or, you know, when I have this unique set of things, but, but they feel commoditized many times and they feel, Mm -hmm. um, they feel, uh, terribly vulnerable and terribly, uh, maybe mistrusting is a little hard of a word yeah. but but they definitely feel very um, cautious, extremely careful yeah. uh, they have to be and so right. when they get into situations where something is where they lose their power to choose over a behavior or a substance um, mm-hmm. they're in a really vulnerable spot and so they need some really uh, unique opportunities to get care that maybe yeah. uh, other people don't don't have to uh, have to access so much.
0: Well, you've just given me something to add to my gratitude list, David. Uh, I can be grateful that I'm not rich or famous,
1: right? (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) yes. Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Poverty and
0: anonymity are uh, an advantage when it comes to this uh, recovery process. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In many, many ways. uh, Yeah. Uh, You recently uh,
0: had a conversation with some people who uh work closely with the kind of uh clients that you're talking about yeah and uh i think it's a very enlightening conversation certainly uh worthwhile for our listeners what do you say we play that conversation next
1: that sounds like a great thing
0: okay we'll go there in a moment on the positive sobriety podcast
1: welcome back to the positive sobriety podcast and my guests today are uh, Eric Payton and Carrie Christ from uh, Dallas Texas and they are um, the uh, partners in a in a uh, treatment recovery program that's a little unique it's called in vivo and we're going to ask them all about it it's a concierge uh, recovery mental health uh, life Uh, program, I think is the best way to to put it, because we agree that we're all recovering uh, constantly in different ways and different stages of our lives. And um, they have a multiple, uh, rather a multifaceted approach to this type of work. And it isn't just for people struggling with uh, substance abuse like we might uh, usually uh, feature or uh, sex addiction or any process addictions. This is a uh, although they cover these things. This is a whole life um, kind of holistic, uh, full on approach to everything that is uh, uh, causing us to be stuck in these unwanted places in our in our lives. So, Eric and Carrie, welcome to the Positive Sobriety Podcast.
2: Yeah, thanks, thanks Dave. David. Thanks for having us, man.
1: Absolutely. I'm glad we were able to make all this work. And uh you're uh y- you guys are doing some unique and really good work. And I know we've had conversations in the past and continue to have conversations about things that we might be able to partner together on. But um Eric, you're sort of the founder, I guess, of In Vivo. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Um I got into this field back in 2010. I was hired as a uh wellness guy out for Karen treatment centers. They opened up a, a a place here North of town. So I was, that's where I started doing the mental health and addiction stuff. Um, and what I quickly found out while I was there that treatment was very helpful, but the real work actually begun after, um, you leave treatment. So um, that's where in vivo, which means real world, real life experiences. Um, Started that in 2015. Uh, Kerry's been on board for the last two years, and he's really come on board to do operations and marketing and building relationships. I don't even like to call it marketing, um, and hence that's the reason why we're talking to you because you guys connected, and um, we love what you've got going on. And like you mentioned, we're work in progress of trying to figure out a way that you know we can collaborate because so much of what you do is similar to. What we do, um, I think, you know, as you mentioned, we're just a little bit more concierge and we work with less clients. So, right. um, yeah, at least currently right now.
1: Yeah. And so you came from the uh, treatment uh, center world, Eric, and you had a background also yep. in um, fitness and coaching and all of that as well.
2: Yeah, correct. Like, you know, I mean, my my background prior to getting into, uh, the treatment world was, uh, like you said, wellness, fitness, personal training. I mean, I pretty much had every job you could have in the health club industry. Um, you know, so I've kind of, you know, uh, and then I went back to school later in life. And I think that's one of the reasons why I can connect with some of these, even though I hate the term failure to launch with some of these guys that are struggling to figure out what they want to do. Cause you know, uh, but, you know, so all, my point was, is I got my undergrad in psychology, thought I wanted to be into like therapy, uh, counseling. And then I quickly f- figured out that I'm a type of person that needs to move around and be out of an office, not in an office. Uh, so it was, it's a beautiful thing, you know, because we do uh, part of our program. You know, we we ha- you have to be seeing some type of clinical therapist to help guide the ship, if you will. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're in a, in a sense, we're helping people face some of their tough challenges in life, um, and then sit down and help them rewrite their story, if you will. So,
1: yeah, um,
2: yeah. you know, I guess at the heart of it, we're, we're store, I like to, you know, I was thinking about it this morning. I, you know, I like to think of myself as a storyteller, you know, uh, helping people tell their stories in a, in a meaningful, uh, way where they can be excited about their life, you know? So, yeah. Uh, but at any rate, you know, uh, we, we, it's, you know, we, we, you have to be working with the therapy side of it. Right. Which is kind of what you guys do in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So,
1: yeah. And then Carrie, you came from the hospitality industry. Was
3: that right? I did. I did. I certainly did. I've got a 20 plus year background in consulting, um, working in the hospitality realm and, um, Eric and I have known each other over 30 years. And so.
2: 1987? Yeah,
3: 1987. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, this guy yeah. came into my life with this beautiful blue IROC sports car. <laughs> and uh, I think we were enamored by wanting uh, each other. But we, we, uh, we've been connected ever since then. And so you know, a few years ago, um, at one of my consulting stops uh, at a very prestigious country club that I was consulting with, Eric was helping me back a few years ago. I had some some key employees that of mine. I had 150 employees at, at one point, and Eric was helping my employees get where they needed to be and getting them to treatment and and walking it out with them. And I was just you know we, I was just amazed at, at what he was doing. And so we started talking and sharing some things. And then you know one day it it, it made sense. It's like hey, how can we bring these two worlds together? And and Eric's idea was is you know this company he founded and started always had a concierge component to it, and what we did was just kind of bring in a hospitality component to it. So it's kind of like if Walt Disney, you know, would would be able to uh, come come back and show us kind of how to do it better. Um, it really helped because there is a, a strong hospitality white glove aspect to what we do and working with very small people and. Um and limited amount of people. And, and David, you and I have had many conversations um, and and, you know, kind of how we could potentially work together in the future, but understanding this very packed team approach to uh client wellness and and meeting the client where they're at, right? And so often I hear on your podcast, which I, I listened to several of your episodes, about, you know, people that are 12 step adverse, right? There's there's other things out there. Um, there's not one size fits all. So I think, you know, Eric really grabbed onto that when he was at Karen and brought that in, you know, um, into something a little bit more mainstream. And then you couple a very, you know, a a, a team approach with the hospitality element, and then you've got something that no one else really has out there. So, you know, did it patent something like that? No, but it's a, always a work in progress. This, this small team doing more meaningful work, more intentional, but touching less people. So, um, that's my contribution and bringing that to the, to the program and helping, you know, consult in that way. And it's been, it's been a wonderful thing for me. you had asked at the top about, um, this, this is where, you know, maybe I, I tell a little bit about myself. Yeah. I realized when I got into this field, David, um, with Eric, that I'm a recovering people pleaser. And that's what made me really good at my job. Um, and a lot of people are like recovering people pleaser. Did you just make that up? it's a real thing. Um, there's some codependency in there. It made me really good at my job. like I said, but, um, it it made me really bad at relationships. And so, you know, when I got into this and Eric warned me, he goes, Hey, you know, when we get together and start working on this, you're, you're gonna, it's going to take you for a ride. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've got this really. I'm fine. You know? And then all of a sudden, you know, when you, when you start getting into therapy weekly and you start working with the recovery coach, um uh, you know for for um people pleasing and codependency you start realizing you know hey i've as eric said earlier you know i've got a story and it, i think it helps us be uniquely equipped to help other people tell their story so you know that's that's kind of the journey that i've been on um having boundaries with people it's it's very difficult to set boundaries and hold boundaries but so much so often we see with our families and clients that that is one of the one top one or two things that they're struggling with is poor boundaries. Right,
1: right. And as a recovering people pleaser, as you say, Carrie, I mean, uh, you can't do this work without pissing some people off, you know? And so <laughs> uh, I think that's, uh, was that a challenge at first?
3: Oh, and and so you know, Eric and I are, are kind of polar opposites, So, you know, Eric, if, if, if and Eric's like the the one like like, you know, if uh if if he had a husband and wife, it'd be like, all right, well, when dad gets home, he's gonna, you know, you better watch out. He's gonna get you. You know, here I am. I come from the hospitality room. I didn't know how to spell the word no, um, because you know, that's I'm in the yes business. And yeah. so it, it was very interesting, you know, those two worlds colliding. And oftentimes Eric, you know, would have to pull me aside and go, hey man, you're you're probably gonna have to be a little bit more upfront with this person. Um and then knock off the the Walt Disney BS and let's get real with this family. And, <laughs> and, you know, that has been something that's been very good for me personally and professionally, but profound for my own personal relationships. But yeah, we, you piss some people off. They don't want to hear the truth. Eric often says the truth will set you free, but it pissed you off first.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, true.
2: so true. Yeah.
1: Well, and you, you know, I, so, so people are, People are coming to you guys for a variety of reasons, right? I mean, a variety of maybe uh, not reasons as much as objectives. Things that they, um, things that they want to see change in their lives, or things they're concerned about. Um, and I imagine, like most things, the things they think they're coming to fix are not the things that you discover need to be adjusted at times. Um, who is the person that seeks out in vivo? I mean, like a a kind of a demographic or a thumbnail uh, overview of a a person that would probably be the person you guys would find yourselves working with.
2: Yeah, I would say uh, there's probably about three categories. We have that, you know, that quote unquote failure to launch um, where either, you know, uh, talking about a guy or a girl has maybe went off to college, thought they knew what they were doing, ended up not having a good experience at college, moving back home. And then we get the phone call from the parents saying, Hey, I don't know what's going on. We've tried everything. Um, you know, and that's a lot of the calls we get is I don't know what's going on. We tried everything. Somebody gave us your number. Uh, you know, and it's not like we do a lot of advertising. A lot of our stuff is word of mouth, you know, and therapists that we're working with and Mm referrals. Uh, so that would be one. I think the other one would be primary mental health. We do a really good job. Um, we've got some amazing people that are on our team that have a lot of experience uh, in the mental health uh, with being able to do like a clinical assessment without doing a clinical assessment. and But having the support of the therapist, so that's the clinical piece. But they're able to report data back out in the field that the therapist might not see. Or psychiatrists might not see in the office for the hour that they spend where well, we're spending hours with our assessment type stuff. So that's that would be two. And then I think the third one would probably be your uh, chronic relapser or professional rehab person that's, you know, been to half a dozen, dozen treatments, um, you know, and just helping come alongside them and say, hey, listen. So glad you're trying again. Let's see if we can come alongside you and figure out what keeps you going back to treatment. See if we can't interrupt that pattern. Um, but again, you know that that's where it really comes where where we spend large amount of time with our client, um, yeah. figuring those things out with them.
1: Right. I would imagine something that is as um, personalized as the kind of work you guys do with people. Um, it requires a lot of individual time, obviously. Um, And in some cases uh, you all even provide like sober companions, 24 hour uh, live in recovery uh, coaches, so on and so forth.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we tell people it's easier for us to tell you what we don't do than what we actually do do, because unless it's illegal or unethical, like, you know, one of those things, Like we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to help you get through this. Like this is the, you know, again, why in vivo was born because it's, this is real world, real life stuff that we're helping you jump over. And if that can contribute to you staying sober or keeping your mental health intact or reaching the goal that you want to reach, then, you know, we're, we're ready to, uh, as Carrie says, jump in the, not jump in the driver's seat, but, you know, ride, you know. Uh, right next to you while you're, while you're doing life. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah.
1: So if I'm somebody that is, um, let's say, uh, in relationship or married to a family member, uh, someone who, um, is really, uh, treatment resistant, they don't want to go. Um, no one wants to go, uh, inpatient, but they're blatantly not going to do it. Um, and they've been to a number of situations and all of that. What is, um, you know, I call you, then what is maybe the first thing that somebody's going to, uh, experience
3: with you guys? Yeah. Well, Carrie can probably take that. Yeah. On. That's a great question, David. And, and I, I know you and I've kind of talked about this a little bit. We, I, rem- I recall back last year, we, we kind of had a mutual client there in Nashville that we, we were able to talk about. Um, and it was interesting. And, and I, I kind of go back to what Eric said earlier about just being able to talk um, and as a team and wrap around them. So, typically in this left to center approach that we take, somebody will call. We do our very best to try to figure out what's going on. Um, that doesn't happen in the first call. Um, usually, as Eric mentioned, you know this isn't the first, second, or even third time they've attempted treatment. They may be twelve step adverse. They may be um, adverse to traditional treatment. And what we're constantly doing in this initial assessment is trying to determine is this somebody that we can help? Is this somebody that we can, we can provide some value to easing the burden on their family? Um, but, but oftentimes we get into a situation where we're having to kind of develop um, an inpatient type program for them, but in an outpatient type environment. And that's usually utilizing people like you. That's like, could be neurofeedback. It could be uh, some group, some DBT, Um, we, you know, work with the clinician to putting this together in a very unique way, and then we walk it out with them. So I think that's kind of the charm and the magic of what Vivo brings is that left of center approach to that. So we're constantly looking how the client can be, um, improved their condition by that. Um, also working with the family, the family dynamic is a huge situation. Oftentimes there's so much emphasis, you know, David put on the IP, you know, the identified person. Um, and then when we open the door up a little bit wider, we're like, well, okay, you need to go to treatment. You need to go to treatment and, and you just get into a, a whole deal where it's like, you know, like you said earlier, no, when I hear the truth. Yeah. Um, or, yeah.
2: Or just doing the work, you know, and that's, that's part of the, what we do when we work with somebody is we empower them, which takes all the, the finger pointing of, well, if I hadn't had to go to this treatment center and if I could have kept my dog with me or fill right. in the blank. Or if mm-hmm. my, if my husband would just do what he needs to do. So we empower us, carries the whole family system. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, um, I'm going to do the work. Ready? Like, here we go. Like, and then you really you take all those excuses away from people. And it, it and, and, and I think it, it really throws a lot of people off when we give them that opportunity, if it's warranted, like if we have the clinical support, which we always do, um, we've got a case right now where, um, you know, it's, it's left to center what we're doing, but it's, we're getting amazing results already. I mean, we're talking about, um, just some really cool stuff and it's empowering because it's empowering to the client and they're actually making these small goals and winning every day, which builds up the confidence and, know specifically with mental health the longer you can stay in a good spot right
3: Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the better it is for your mental health and that's that's for anybody right if I'm doing all the key things that I need to be doing uh, in my life and I feel better then it's just it's a no-brainer well
0: friends David and I are pleased to welcome to the podcast a new sponsor, Soberlink, and we're positive that you're going to love this tool for managing your alcohol recovery. In early sobriety, we often focus on what we're losing instead of what we're gaining. With Soberlink, you're gaining increased accountability, a deterrent against drinking, and a tool to help you stay connected with people who care. Uh, Here's what it is. It's a really high-tech breathalyzer device with facial recognition. It allows you to share your sobriety in real time with loved ones. In case there's ever a slip, your treatment professional or anyone else you've chosen to be in your recovery circle will know immediately. Uh, More important than the technology is the brand. It is part of Soberlink's mission to break the stigma that surrounds addiction, which is why they partner with Positive Sobriety Podcast and many others in the recovery community. It's also why they specifically focus on using alcohol monitoring as a recovery tool, not for criminal or recreational purposes. there There isn't anything like it on the market. Well, together, we've developed a guide called Tips for keeping a positive outlook on sobriety, and you can download it at www.soberlink.com/psp. That PSP is for Positive Sobriety Podcast. On that page, you'll also find a form to request fifty dollars off your purchase when you're ready to try SoberLink.
1: Well. And we tell people all the time that multiple things in their lives have to be addressed and changed and, um, and, and, and relearned in a lot That's of ways. Nice. And so it sounds like you guys are able to kind of help people identify this, m- this more whole, whole life uh, yeah. kind of recovery as opposed to, you know, you're, you're just sending somebody to go camp out with somebody so they don't drink or use or act out.
2: Correct. Yeah. We're not, we're not, one thing we don't do is we don't just babysit somebody because that's <laughs> miserable for, for mm-hmm. all parties involved. Because mm-hmm. usually if you're in a babysitting job, they're just doing it because they need to check a box. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And that's just, we're not box checkers. So, um, yeah. but And sometimes yeah. those clients come back around. One of the great things we do with those kind of clients is we, you know, even though we know it's a horrible idea, um, minus, you know, if we feel that person's in danger, we'll, we'll buy into their plan and tell them that they don't need us. Like mm-hmm. they don't need us. And it's very effective because usually their plan is super horrible and it implodes really mm-hmm. quickly. And then uh-huh. they call you back. So, yeah. um, Yeah. you know, it's just, I mean, I don't know you get that. Cause yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you, you see those same types of clients, right?
1: Oh yeah. We have, you know, lots of folks that come in and, um, you know, a short, short period of time in, they, um, are either, you know, pronouncing themselves cured or they're throwing up their hands and saying, uh, you know, I came in here to talk about my drinking, not about my trauma, you know, yeah. right. uh, and, uh, and then about three months later, uh, you know, you get a call and something else yeah. has happened and they're ready to talk about whatever they have to talk about yeah. to, you know, experience change. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, a lot of uh, because I'm in the greater Nashville area, I have a fair amount of people that are um, in entertainment or associated with it. And because, I, I, and I don't think it's just entertainment, so I'm not trying to throw a big stereotype out there, um, but a lot of the situations in entertainment, as an example, um, revolve around people who believe themselves to be very unique, as do you know, most people suffering with addiction. Um, or some type of uh, substance use issue or unwanted behavioral issue. I, mean, I think all human beings, in a way, uh, at our core, love to believe that we're very unique. Oh, um, but does your program, because it is tailored to individuals, how do you how do you avoid the temptation to uh, perpetuate these folks believing in their uniqueness, um, as opposed to you just offering them a very specific way uh, to help? themselves does that make sense
2: yeah no i hear what you're saying um and i think it uh, ours is really like i think through relationships over time we're able to slowly if there is i mean it's it's funny you're talking about this because we do have a client right now it's a long time client and it's like you know the saying of uh take the cotton out of your ears and stuff Yeah. yeah So it's one of those deals where, you know, if we didn't have a relationship, we can tell him something like that in a loving way, right? That, you know, meaning that he's not unique in this situation. Um, And that allows us to, um, you know, just have a a real, if you will, heart to heart conversation about maybe blind spots. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. And and if I could, Piggyback on that, I think, too, David, when we're talking about these creatives, and and I know you and I have had many conversations um, working with creatives, both in Nashville and other places, our experience is, you know, with creatives, there is a different approach, they are, they are special people, they're creatives, they're, they, they, they recover differently, they learn differently, Um, and some of them are awfully proud of themselves for, you know, being different, and they've got a lot of people that are you know, continuing to keep them there. Um, so our, our best, you know, um, approach to that is just honesty, uh, with them and realizing that, you know, they are oftentimes, um, have a, if if you look a little bit deeper and I think, you know, this, when you mentioned earlier about your trauma, everybody's got a story, everybody's got a story, the better that we understand their story, the better chance that we have in creating that rapport, well, they'll actually allow us to open a door that would otherwise always remain locked. And I think that's an important part of what we do and effective with with creatives uh, as well, is, you know, finding out what their story is. And then we take a little bit deeper approach in learning more about their family dynamic. And you know as well as I do, David, you've been doing this much longer than than us, is you get into that that deeper level with the family and 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 you start learning, you know what what that's all about, right? For us, that's the that's the key, that's the the next level um, advantage that we have is is learning more about the family. That'll tell us what we need to know.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we kind of have a saying that the patient is the family and the family is the patient.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: mm, um, I love that. wow,
3: that's great uh, yeah.
1: because that you know uh, so much of the time, and I and I've said this so many times on this podcast, but. The, 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 the belief of the family is that they're going to send them this IP, this identified person to you all to fix, um, make all better, and then they can come back and play nicely with the rest of us, you know. <laughs> and uh, that isn't, obviously, <laughs> right. the way it usually goes because yeah. the the person who's seeking the help or is, you know, the, benefit, uh, the beneficiary of the help uh, blows the whistle on everybody, um, as they heal and get better. And, um, and that whistleblower, uh, suddenly disrupts the whole thing. So recovery is probably the most disruptive thing Mm. in the whole world for a family.
2: Yeah, that's the, you know, that's the part that I guess they don't tell you sometimes is it gets worse before it gets better. But if you hang in there, and I think that's just a life lesson, right? You know, that's constant. We were talking about recovery, you know, uh, just in general of life, right? There's this constant, oh my gosh, it's getting a little rough. Most people want to quit, throw up their hands and go back to what they were doing, which was not working. Um, And again, uh, as Carrie mentioned, that's what we try to do. With the whole family system is say hey listen um none of this is coming out of a uh, a judgment it's really just man we love you you know love you know love 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 wins so um and we're fortunate we do get to work with some really neat families that really want to do the work and get better and man it, it just it makes it fun because you know otherwise it's hard, right, even when you want to change it is hard mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's Absolutely. really hard, so um, yeah, anyway we're just uh yeah we're we are blessed to be doing the stuff that we're doing
1: yep, yeah well it's 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 a wonderful opportunity, you know, that we all have to watch people in their process because we're all in a process for one thing. And, um, but it's, it's a privilege to share that process with people, I think. Yeah. And, uh, especially as individuals, as you guys get to spend more time maybe with than other treatment, uh, yeah. modalities might.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great point, David. And we are blessed to be doing this. And you know we, we really do try to look at all seven dimensions of wellness with our clients. and there might be some doors, you mentioned this earlier, alluded to it. Some people are, might be adverse to something. And you know, uh, Eric and I talk about this a lot. like if the door's locked, we'll figure out a window to climb in, you know to, to try to open that dialogue because a lot of times when a client, and their family are holding on to something that's off limits, that's the, that's the thing that needs, you know, like you said, the whistleblower and the family um, will blow something wide open. And we always look for that dynamic to happen. And, and uh, fortunately, you know, we've been very successful in in helping families walk through that because, you know, when that, when that part of it happens um, you've got some, you know, damage control and some, and some uh, chaos to manage, you know, in that, in that period of time before things settle back down. So, you know, you got to know, you got to know how to, you know, when to call someone else in, when to, when to call a David Hampton, when to call a, uh, you know, somebody else on the, on the extended part of the team to, you know, to help facilitate, you know, growth or improvement with the case.
2: hmm
3: Yeah.
1: And if I'm just, um, you know, Joe blow out here um and I hear you guys and I hear about you guys and I call and I say um you know things aren't going so great um I'm not sure even what I need you know um I hear my you know sort of besetting behaviors but I'm pretty sure I messed up beyond that um you know what would be the first step uh with you guys what would be the next thing that they could anticipate
2: well, I think that could look uh, different, again, you know, just based on the, the scenario. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Carrie does a really good job about asking the these key questions, if you will, to kind of gather more information. Really, it's just, uh, and we usually like to talk to people at least three times before we even talk about even engaging with us. We just really want to do a good you know, assessment or gathering of history before we recommend anything. So it could be anywhere from, Hey, sounds like you just need to start some therapy and then circle back with us in 30 days. So that's a free call, right? Mm -hmm. Um, or it may be, Hey, listen, um, what I'm hearing you say is you need a concierge detox because you have to be doing a, B or C or whatever. So we would set something up like that and sounds like you've been to treatment 13 times, how about we try to, to implement the stuff that you learned in treatment out in the real world and try that with the understanding that if that doesn't work out, then it sounds like you, need, you do need a higher level of care. So we would say, hey, here's a handful of treatment centers that kind of, you know, you can comb through and come up with like what you wanted, what you feel like is the next best thing. And we'll support you on that. And then, you know, um, you know, I mean, they may, that might be a person that we stay engaged with while they're in treatment all the way to when they discharge to come back to walk that out with them again. So, um, you know, but doing that three call deal as Carrie is kind of coined is, is really a huge part of our model um, and just gaining all that information from whoever the person may be.
3: Yeah. And, and, as Eric mentioned, oftentimes, you know, we will get a client on the phone. We're not getting the whole story, right, on call one. Oh, we'll sure. Get a little bit more on call two. And then after call two, we'll kind of determine, you know, if we're appropriate for the client, the client's appropriate for us, because we only work with a small amount of people. And we want that work to be very meaningful. But we do understand that, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't know. And that's probably... You know, will come out. So, you know, we, I think we're very versed in approaching that and trying to find out, you know, elicit what we can on the first call. Uh, we always encourage transparency as much as possible. And, and uh, if we get that on the first call, I think there's a better chance of a second call. You know, I think we can kind of sort through that, 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 and and Eric mentioned this earlier. It's like, you know, do you really want to do the work? Oftentimes, you know, this is a motto around our world: is we can't work harder than the client, right? You know, and so often, uh, you know, it's tempting, but if if you do that, you know, you're you're stepping into a a significant trap.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, is there a um, is there a, a kind of an, an and I know each one is a little different, but is there an initial? Uh, phase where you're super involved, super immersed in their lives. And then um, sort of another phase where you begin to uh, have minimal involvement, maybe just check in kind of thing. Like how far out do you uh, tend to follow people?
2: Yeah. So we, we have what we would, Consider like our immersion program, which is kind of our assessment uh, that we like to do the first two weeks of working with somebody. And it's heavily like we're heavily involved with what's going on and trying to get, you know, by that point, we've already got like a checklist, if you will, or action items that we want to the the client or the family wants to see happen. And so we're actively working, uh, working on help on whatever it is the client needs Help on, and then from there, um, it generally phases into more of a coaching role. So, you know, as you mentioned, that could be uh tapered down, if you will, where you know, because the whole point of this, right, it's um, to eventually, you know, we want to walk alongside you to identify like the key things in your life that are keeping you stuck give you some different options for those as they're going to probably continue to come up. Right. I mean, that's just, that's recovery in general. That's why you have all these tools, if you will, to work with. Um, And so again, we're helping them walk that out with the hope that eventually one day, you know, hopefully sooner than later we go away. Right. Um, But we're always here. Um, You know, we have all kinds of like different levels of the coaching um, that we do you know, especially with COVID, you know, that's just made this virtual thing even more, you know, acceptable, you know, especially with these young, especially with the younger ones. Right. Um, You know, so at any rate, um, yeah, that's kind of the.
3: Yeah. And if I could tail in on on the end of that is the family work that we do also, depending on the case, you know, you'll have uh, one of our coaches will be, you know, working with um, the IP and somebody else would be working with the family, you know, separately. And we encourage that—that that we work parallel like that. Um, and uh, honestly, if 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 the family is not willing to make the commitment to do the work alongside of us, then they're probably not going to be appropriate for what we do, because you know we 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 provide results uh, when we we know when when that uh, recipe is 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 mixed well. And then lastly, it's something I think Eric said earlier, you know if, if at anything else we're going to guide them to to therapy as a as as a prerequisite that is absolutely we will not work with a client unless they're in therapy, so if they come on and they're adverse to therapy we'll we'll figure out a way to package it up to you know redirect them back to therapy. They won't even maybe even realize they're doing it, but that's where they need to be. They need to be working on that family of origin stuff. They need to be working on themselves. And that's, that's something that no matter what, even if we don't work with a client, we're going to make sure that they get to a, a good therapist. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So does a person who is thinking about, uh, the model that you guys are, are, uh, describing, does that person have to be a high net worth individual, A pro athlete and entertainer to be able to, um, to access this level of super individualized, um, help.
2: No, no. And I would say that, you know, all those categories you listed, that's a very small percentage of our clients. Most of our clients are just your every, uh, every day, just normal. What I say, just a normal person walking around. Um, Yeah. Yeah uh, you know, that needs some help that's struggling. Right.
1: Well, yeah, Yeah. I wanted to get that in there because I know that, uh, words like concierge treatment and things like that can evoke, um, some exclusivity. So I want to make sure people know that they can call you and, and, uh, talk about treatment options in a way that, um, you know, they don't have to be, you know, one of the 10 richest families in America to come in and, benefit from your help so
2: absolutely absolutely not man and as Carrie mentioned everybody's got a story and that's you know we love i think i can speak for both of us we love hearing people's stories and how we can help because we both are very uh just we love to help people uh and i'm a i'm a i'm a people pleaser too slash perfectionist so uh you know uh listen i uh we just, we, yeah, we're we we're, and if we're not a fit for you, we're the first person to tell you we're not a fit, but we'll help you get, you know, and that's free, um, you know, that's yeah. free always.
1: Yeah, but again, just to reiterate, you you guys are whole life um, recovery uh, um, uh, treatment. Uh, it's not just a. Um, your guys aren't just for substance use disordered folks or folks that are, you know, in process addictions. This is yeah. you know, if I if I wanted to lose thirty pounds and get out of debt, I could call you guys. Is that um,
2: true? Absolutely. I mean, we love those kind of th- we love those kind of things um that are out of left to center. Um just just, you know, for me again, it's like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so I love looking at something like a project, right? Um, Hence the, the in vivo project, you know, I mean, that's what we do is we take on projects and uh, you know, if I can brag on our team, we have a really, (laughs) we have an amazing team that just, man, we just, we all love people. Um, And I I believe we're all healers and we, you know, not one time since I've started this, have I put an ad in the paper or went to a recruiter to try to help me find people. They've just, they've, they've came to us and I feel like that's the same thing with the families we work with too. Cause we say, you know, when you come on board with us, you, you become part of the Vivo family. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and we just, yeah, we're grateful.
1: Yeah. Well, how can folks get in touch with you? What is, uh, what is some of your contact info? Yeah.
2: Yeah. The easiest is the website. Uh, it's uh, the Envivo project.com. Um, and that'll get you everything you need to get in touch with us. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we're uh, we're not TikTokers yet, so if you know what that is, but that's the new hot thing right now. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll hire Clark full time to be our TikTok guy, <laughs> which would yeah. Be well, amazing.
1: then I, I I probably should too because I, I'm a little behind Absolutely. on the TikTok. I, hey,
2: listen, I will get you Clark's information. <laughs> He's, he's amazing man he really like he's super we're so freaking blessed we were joking around like we're looking like we're uh setting up for the set of the uh oprah winfrey show except we got <laughs> carrie christ over here <laughs> leading the way so anyway all for man. you david yeah man We're yeah cool. well you've got,
1: you've got a yeah. Beautiful little set going there. I wish Thanks, people could man. see it since yeah. we only record audio, but, uh, well, we're yeah, going to put it
2: out there and we'll tag you, man. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, we'll, yeah. We film everything. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: we'll, well, that's great. That's yeah, great. It'll be
2: Awesome, man. Any way we well, can help bro. We'd love to love to help. Appreciate so. what you do, David. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Well,
1: I appreciate you guys and I'm looking forward to, you know, us talking more in the future as well. And some yeah. fun things that might happen in Nashville here. And, um, yeah, so uh we just appreciate you sharing what you guys are about and uh encourage our folks to take advantage of exploring uh your information and hopefully you know resulting in a phone call for you guys to uh get to reach into some people's lives and and do some real uh deep uh change yeah. so mm.
2: absolutely man.
1: well listeners we will be back in just a minute on the positive sobriety podcast Welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. And Nate, I wish you could have been a part of that conversation with Carrie and yeah. Eric, uh, our friends from Dallas. Uh, but they uh, they have a really unique uh, approach to helping people in recovery that are uh, somewhat uh, 12-step averse or uh, treatment uh, averse or situations that just aren't going to lend themselves to people accessing uh, more traditional uh, residential uh, opportunities. So, right right, uh, right, right. It was great right. to hear just their approach and how they, uh, how they are able to reach out and kind of uniquely package something that would uh, maybe not be for everybody, but certainly benefits a, a certain population.
0: Sure, sure, sure. And who knows how many members of that population might be listening to this show today?
1: Well, you just never know. <laughs> you just.
0: Absolutely. You never know. I am uh, often surprised by the folks who sometimes conspiratorially, you know, take me aside and say, hey, by the way, I really like that Positive Sobriety podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. It's been kind of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're coming rapidly here to the end of our time before we go. Yes, Let's sir. Let's remind our listeners about uh, about BetterHelp, will you?
1: Absolutely. Uh, BetterHelp.com is an opportunity that you have, an opportunity to get uh, traditional uh, therapy with a licensed therapist in the privacy of your own home, at your own computer, at your own phone, in your car, wherever you like to talk to people and feel comfortable. BetterHelp is there to Uh, talk with you. Betterhelp.com slash positive sobriety will get you a discount on your subscription. And also let us know if the resources we are offering are helpful to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But betterhelp.com is um, not something that you're locked into. If you get into uh, a relationship with the therapist and you feel like maybe um, this isn't a perfect fit, you can always opt for a new therapist and they will help you find the person that's best suited to hear uh, you and your uh, somewhat unique situations. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so try betterhelp.com slash positive sobriety, uh, and get unstuck.
0: Fantastic. Well, David, I guess that's a wrap. Uh, until next time I'm Nate and I'm David and we are your pals on the positive sobriety podcast. The positive sobriety podcast is recorded at crossroads for the nations in Brentwood, Tennessee. Live producer, Rick Schnelli. Music by Rick Schnelli. Theme music by Matt Ulrich. Uh, Hair and makeup by Lyle Lovett. Uh, Wardrobe (laughs) by Kathy Gifford.